Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. He did. So if I said disastrous instead of catastrophe, would, would that be more appeasing to your listening palate? I mean, whatever you need to keep your conscience clear, you go right in. I mean, back you, I've seen guys backpedal so many different ways that yeah, I'm used to it. <laughs> My conscience. This is the Believe 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. Plenty to get to on this show. As always, we want to encourage uh, you to continue to download, subscribe, rate, and review. We're located wherever you find your podcast. If there's a like or a follow button on your particular podcast subscription service, go ahead, hit that like or follow button. Uh, feel free to get involved in the conversation on social media. A lot of you all chimed in this week over the quarterback talk. Maybe some more chiming in for you after this one, I suppose. I'm at Haylock on Twitter. He is at underscore Eric Davis underscore. And on Instagram, I'm at Watch Ray Ray. He is at Eric Davis underscore 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 underscore. As in uh, maybe the t- the amount of times they tried to trade Jimmy. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just throwing a number out there. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, anywho, um, We'll talk about Jimmy, of course, talk about Trey. Uh, John and Kyle are down at the owners' meetings in Florida. They had some comments. We'll get into those. But first, we want to uh, remind you, as always, this show is brought to you by the fine folks at Bet Online. And uh, look, it's that time of year. College basketball taking center stage. The tournament is here. The final four is here, ED. We're going to get something we've Ooh. never seen before. That's Duke, North Carolina, and a national semi-final can coach k keep this thing going for another two wins we shall see uh but if you're looking to wager this year bet online the number one spot for all your updated odds and info along with great contests including the bracket contest where you have a chance to take home the top prize head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use our promo code believe to get started bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet online where the game starts. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. So You've actually been watching basketball. What's up? You've actually been watching basketball? Been watching basketball, been watching the uh the, the men's tournament. Um I have not been able to watch as much as the women's tournament as I like to, but saw uh, North Carolina State. I mean, they, they almost they almost took down UConn the, the other night. Um, I, I was really I had some skin in the game for NC State. Not that kind of skin, not the bet online kind of skin, but uh, you know, a, a player from the area was playing for the Wolfpack. So I was, I was the, late, the late tournament I can actually watch. Not that yeah. I, I because it's just better basketball. They can actually play. You you know it's true. They can actually play. I actually do like. Hey, women, look, you're, you're basketball. I actually like a lot. I, I used to go when I was in the Bay. I used to go to you know watch Stanford play a lot. I, I mean, and they were really good at that time. Stanford um, back in the Final Four on the women's side. Tara Vanderveer. I don't know. I haven't been watching any of, but I mean, I I I actually 
had the television on and there was a game i can't even tell you who was playing but i know it had to be a solid 15 20 minutes and i think like two baskets were scored on the men's side yeah on the men's side and i was like i i i refused good defense perhaps uh, perhaps perhaps um i'm gonna i'm gonna chalk it up to they can't shoot that's okay it's okay but i i just i just can't do it I, I know all, all it, the whole, you know, school spirit and all this type stuff. Like, okay, but you suck and you suck. I don't think that doesn't make it you know, like well, competitive if, and fun. If Jacksonville State suck, is in the suck. tournament, how locked in are you? What's that? If Jacksonville what? State's in the tournament, how locked in are you? If Jacksonville State's in the tournament, basketball, yeah. I'm probably not watching. Again, really? no. Dude, it's basketball. All that's, that, that's your that's those are your guys that's your school I hope, they, I hope they win i really do oh. i do I, I truly hope they win I, and i'm all in it i mean all, i thought it was deep this one's deep, deep i follow all i follow all of my school programs i mean i follow the women's soccer and tennis and and you know men's golf i, I follow all of them it's, it's my school okay so i get that but am i going to actually take time out of my day to watch the basketball team play, no, hmm. no. If I'm at home, I may go to a game, but I'm not going to stop to watch the tournament. They can't play. Clearly, we're on opposite sides of the equator on this one. I strongly believe that first Thursday and Friday of the tournament, the the two opening, the, when when it opens, yeah, those should be national holidays. No, no, okay. Everybody should be off work at home watching. Just like the day after the Super Bowl should be a national holiday. That first Thursday and Friday should absolutely be a national holiday. Well, let, me, let me explain to you my thoughts on on Phillies. You know how we both feel about our Lakers. I don't watch them now. You know why? <laughs> they can't play. <laughs> okay, that's how I feel. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 at this point of the year, I, I am obligated uh, to watch, and so um, oh. I, I kindly take that, that, that I, I great, gratefully take that obligation. But yeah, no, it's, it's hard. It I had the hard. game on last night, of course. I didn't watch it. <laughs> I just yeah. passed. Through. I was like, oh, thirty. Oh, okay, they got it under twenty. Oh, thirty. <laughs> it's painful, man. Okay, let's talk Niners and more pain. Okay, so um, last week I said it was a catastrophe. Yeah, you did. Um, I I'm I'm not backing off that stance. I still believe that way. You so you you got John Lynch at the owners' meetings. Kyle Shanahan there as well. John Lynch saying, "Look, if we're being honest, we didn't expect Jimmy to still be on the books right now." Um. You know, but there is no plan to release him. There's no scenario. Scenario. That's the word of the day, folks. Scenario. There's no scenario in which, in which we'll, we'll release him. Kyle says there is a scenario in which he'll be on the roster come training camp. That scenario, of course, I mean, look, I don't think it takes a, 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 a rocket scientist, um, you know, some magna cum laude doctor uh, to figure this one out. That scenario, obviously, they don't find a trade partner. You you have re this. This is twofold for me. For one, they played their hand too early. I feel um, they 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 talk too much. 
shut up. Like they talk too much. Like they they put all their card, they put all their chips on the table. They spend all the season putting their chips on the table. And at the end of the year, they had this farewell press conference. Jimmy, you know, holding back tears. John and 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 Kyle, we love Jimmy. Thank you for what you've done for the organization. Meanwhile, he's still with the organization at that particular point. You save that until you trade the guy, and then you include that in in either the the the, the press conference, you know, introducing the new guy, or or talking about that trade, or or in the statement that you release. Instead, they put it all on wax. Ten still on the roster. There's that part of it, right? And then there's this this other part where it's like if you bring him back as i've mentioned it would be an extreme disservice to your franchise quarterback and so um yeah i i I still think it's a catastrophe in my opinion like because you're at the point now where you are the quarterback market is dried up uh Cleveland is still trying to find a partner for Baker Mayfield, and he ain't even hurt, right? Like, he is healthy. Um, and then on top of that, you're in this situation now where you're, ho- you're, you're, you're hoping a quarterback gets injured in training camp or in the preseason. When you and I talked about this, people don't even play preseason anymore, right? So what are we really doing here, ED? Catastrophe. Um, no, I – didn't I, guys? Just listen to last week's pod. That's all. Didn't I already tell you this? Didn't we have this? We had this discussion, and I told you. I can see you're going to listen to me at some point. I'm at some. I just pay attention to the patterns. That's all. We were having this this statistics discussion earlier. It's mm-hmm. all about patterns. I pay attention to the patterns, and I told you they were setting up. The public, the faithful, the press, everyone, all the talking heads on the reality of Jimmy being there and how it could work. Because you said it, they did tip their hand too soon. Not to their trade partners, to Jimmy. You allowed Jimmy Garoppolo to do what I said I have no problem with them doing. You tell me you want me out of here. You told the world you want me out of here. You drafted my replacement and told him he's the guy. Cool. I can accept that. But you left me a chance to get my hands on some more of your money. And I'm going to get it. Got to have surgery anyway. So let me decide when I want to have it and get it fixed and everything. Because I'm going to have my surgery and get my arm fixed. But I may as well get a parting gift. Because I have done some things for you here, and whether you like it or not, you left me a situation to get the money. So that's what they did. They allowed him to be in that situation. Now, what I like is that they are doing the smart thing. Seeing that they allowed that to happen, they are doing the smart thing. They are saying it's better for us as opposed to getting rid of this guy, and you just said it, your own word. Quarterback market is dried up. So if you're looking for someone to just hold the clipboard, that's one thing. But if you're looking at someone that can actually play for you, that could actually come in, run your offense, and win games if you're truly trying to contend if something happens, 
because you saw what happened in the, in the room with a really good team when they had no quarterback. Any type of quarterback play a couple of years ago, they still would, with those injuries, they still would have made the playoffs. Yeah, so I you, agree. So you saw what happened. You have one on your roster. You have a guy on your roster that can w- run your offense and play games and, and win games for you. There's no reason. I told you this. There's no reason to kick him to the curb. Everyone's like, you just cut him and cut your losses. And then do what? Because you still got to get another guy in that can play. You still got to find a backup. You're going to pay him half of that. You don't have money in the quarterback position. You don't have – because the guy that you want to play, your backup or your starter, whichever you want to make trade, whichever you want to make trade, he's on his rookie contract. So you have 20-something million dollars into the starting quarterback position. Miami, I said it last week, Miami just paid a wide receiver $30 million a year. That's a win to have two guys that you feel can play that position for you for that amount of money going into next season. And on top of that, if your quarterback, that being Trey Lance, if he is so fragile, if he is so fragile that he is concerned about competition, he's going to always be concerned about competition, regardless of the number on the jersey, regardless of the pedigree of the player. So he can't be that fragile. You don't draft him. You don't make this guy a top three pick, your potential franchise quarterback, because he's not the franchise quarterback yet, because he ain't done nothing. He ain't ain't done nothing. So your potential franchise quarterback, um, you don't make that move if the dude is soft in the head like that. So that's why I'm like, this is not an issue. You think you're getting caught up, man, in the Jimmy slander. And everyone thinks it's such a bad deal. I, I would prefer to have two quarterbacks that can play. Hopefully Trey is that guy. You can still name Trey the starter. It's not an issue. J- Jimmy has no bearing on whether or not he starts. He doesn't control that. Jimmy's play doesn't control that. Kyle Shanahan is going to name the starting quarterback, period. I've told you, you don't win a job, you don't lose a job. Opportunities are given and taken. They are going to give Trey the opportunity to play. And the only reason Trey Lance, and I'm going to turn this back over to you, the only reason Trey Lance will not start this football season is if he can't play. If Jimmy Garoppolo is on the team and Jimmy Garoppolo is starting after everything, after them moving heaven and earth. That's an indictment on Trey. If that's an indictment on Trey, absolutely not on Kyle, on Trey, not on John, on Trey. First, then it's going to fall on them. Second, it, it, it falls because on he picked the wrong guy, and I don't put everything on the picking of the guy because a lot of people would have drafted him. Because of this talent. That's what they do at that position. They overreach. And you got to go out and get a guy. But if he's not ready, that's on him. See, there, there, here's the other part to that. And this is the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. We're not even the Believe Podcast Network. We're just Believe now, actually. So let me get the verbiage right. That's right. Um, just believe network, bro. That's don't what don't, don't let me walk into this huddle, you know, like the young quarterback and, and calling out the wrong plays and stuff. You can't get the verbiage there down. 
Just believe. John says, and this is what he said. They didn't expect Jimmy necessarily to be on the books, but Jimmy did not hinder them in making any moves, right? The only big game hunting they pre were prepared to do was go and get the corner, Traverius. That may be true. I, I believe that to an extent, but I also believe that Jimmy still being on the books may have hindered them, or it did hinder them during this free agency period. Everything doesn't have to be about big game hunting, right? There's still other pieces out there that you can get that you don't necessarily have to swing for the fences for or throw, you know, big bags at, right? You lost a couple of, dare I say, key components on that defensive line. Oh, Arden Key just left. Okay. With his six and a half sacks. Okay. He just signed with, with Jacksonville. Okay. DJ Jones, who has been a stalwart on that line for the last couple of years, he leaves. Got it. He goes to Denver. Okay. Maybe you don't keep both of those guys. Um, maybe, one, maybe one of those guys, though, you can bring back if you don't have Jimmy on the books. And maybe you can replace those guys and get that same production because they were guys. I, I'm just I, you. You got to get beyond your fields. Yes, no, we. I, I, I think that's the the. That's the, where those, both of those players are easily replaceable. Easily that's the. Replaceable. That's the I, I think that's the fail safe, which 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 they're they're kind of looking at. But yes, from my from my standpoint, and look. They've piped out defensive line. They they do an excellent job. They, right? they, like, they, right? I mean, it's one of the positions that they develop better than they, anybody. They, they, they develop so why, why would all of a sudden losing key keys, you know, hinder them? They 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 bring in new guys, even when they get guys off of the scrap heap, they seem to get these guys playing at a different level when they get he, here. He's an example of that, right? Yeah, they do it all the time. So that's the last thing I'm concerned. I'm, I'm concerned about I, at, the D line is the last position. There are two positions that that just it doesn't matter. D line and linebacker, they they produce, they bring guys in, they find guys that that are consistently working for them well at those positions. So that's what I'm saying. You didn't it didn't hurt them at all. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Um, they made some strides in the back end, right? Yeah. Ambry came in on late. Yep. Obviously, we know what E-Man can do. Mm -hmm. he, he had to be that number one last year. When we, but as a number two, we think that makes the secondary a whole lot better. Uh, but at the safety position, right? Mm -hmm. you, you could you could stand to have an upgrade there. Yeah. Um, drop picks matter. There's that component. Uh, there, there, there are things that you can do. You know, from a monetary standpoint, and, and and again, it doesn't necessarily have to be big game hunting, but to say, okay, this is the one big piece, and this is going to solve all of our our secondary issues. Um, yes, granted, it helps, but I don't know that that means you can't you could not have made other improvements in that area if ten wasn't on the books. Well, two things that you're still number one. There's nothing that says that they're finished because uh, there are still guys like Tyron Matthews out there. 
that I would love to come in and play because I think that his mindset would fit. I, I think the way he played would fit perfectly with the defense. And he's a playmaker. He's a big-time playmaker. And that's what they need. I still think you need that at the safety position. That's number one, the assumption that they're finished, okay? Um, number two, there's a draft. There's a draft. That's two. I can give you number three. There are guys that we talked about, like Kufunga, and all, that was that's on the roster already. That uh, that was a college playmaker, and it takes some time for that to transfer and learn to play the game. There's nothing to saying that that guy's not already on the roster. Played a lot so, last so, year. So, so that's what I'm. That's what you got to look at as well. There's this assumption that we can go out and just get this other guy, or you need to get this other guy. You got to develop some guys as well, and and remember they have put draft picks into some of these guys that are on the roster. That it's their turn. So let's just see first, because so so add all of that together. A draft they may not be finished, and there some potential playmakers already out there on the roster. Let's see how it works out. Look, I, I don't, I don't disagree with the moves that they've made. And even maybe the moves that they didn't make uh, to to a lesser extent. However, there's this stench of stench. He says, he like, said, up the joint." There's a stench of like we're complacency, if you will. Um, see, I don't and, and, and this is a this is a good roster. Don't get me wrong, but I look the roster as good as it is wasn't good enough, right? Yeah, yeah. So so to be to be in this to be in this position, which it, it to me that that's what it appears to be to be in that. There's a stench of some complacency there, which is kind well, of, it's a little unsettling. Well, it's I, well. You say it's complacent because you didn't keep guys that are replaceable. We both agree that they're replaceable. So you didn't keep them. You didn't pay the money. See, I think it's I think it's better business, and I think it, it is a smart move when you say I'm not going to I'm not going to pay and not overpay the player. I'm not going to overpay that position, that number. Let's just say I'm looking at this guy and he's number and he's number 37 on my roster. Okay. I know how much that 37 is worth to me. Now I'm looking at you and you are sliding. You're my 37th guy. I'm not going to pay that position because I know you're not one of my starting 22. I know that you're at the top of my rotation list, but I can find somebody to do what you do for the number I'm currently paying you. And that's what I'm going to do. Because that's what that position is worth to me. And that's how you have to look at it. Guess what? If you feel like you've outplayed that, and if the market views you as a player that has outplayed that, take them. But that's the luxury of having a good roster and a good team. You're going to lose those guys, but you can also get other guys to come and fill that slot for that number because they want to be on a good team. They want to be a part of that rotation. Not to mention, you know how to develop those. So you got to look at that aspect of it as well. And um, I don't, so I'm not looking at that as complacency. 
number one the overconfidence move, maybe i don't even think overconfidence the first move you made you went out the first the very first move you made was saying that okay we're gonna up we feel like we we have to upgrade our quarterback position so we're gonna turn this over to trey so that's that's number one you've already so you're saying jimmy you gotta go now they did it too early we've already discussed that number one number two secondary it's been an issue our corners had all kind of problems last year. What's the first thing you do? You went and gave a, a solid corner money. We're going to upgrade his position. You don't need to upgrade linebackers. You don't need to upgrade your D-line. I think you need another pass rusher, but there's go to the draft. I want an edge guy. I want a guy opposite of Bosa. But your interior lineman, you've got 179,000 of them. But to that point, like guys are leaving. Like, how many guys can leave before you start to feel like, okay, like sooner or later we got to replace one of those guys? Like, granted, Ken Law's coming back, right? And, and Shanahan was was very complimentary of him and, and his. So, his, so his... Got, think about that. You got you. You're you're saying we lost these guys. Well, those guys were playing, and they were production productive and in the rotation because your guy wasn't there. He's coming back. He's coming back. So, so you, so I, you, I wouldn't quite call him a guy yet. Like he's a, he's a first round draft pick. Well, well, you drafted him to be the guy. That's the guy that you're going to put out on the field. He's supposed to be the guy. So, is it being complacent? Is it complacency to have the mindset that we're right about this guy and we're going to put him on the field? And as opposed to keeping those two guys, we're going to let this guy go because now again, he's on his rookie contract. That frees up other money for other aspects of the team. That's see, you got to look at it that way. You got to look at the overall business, not just all oh, these are productive players. Well, those guys, they were productive and got more reps because Kinlaw wasn't there. He's going to eat up those reps. You, you see what I'm saying? And that's how you got to look at some of this stuff. You can't keep everybody. That's the luxury of a good roster. You want to keep bringing all the good guys on your team. But there are only so many snaps. This is the bottom line. Only so many you can get. So I don't think they're being complacent. I think they're making moves. I just think every everybody's saying, why aren't they making this big splash? And the reason they're not making this big splash is because of Jimmy. And then, you know, McDaniels in Miami. And look at what he's doing. And then they're talking about uh, Salah up in, with the Jets. And look at what he's doing. And I was like, well, their teams suck. Yeah, no, it's it's not apples to apples. It's definitely not apples to apples. Well, yeah, you're 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 gonna go in and you have this money and you have all these things. You know why you have all this money and you you're so below the cap? It's not because you're smarter. It's because you never had to pay your guys because you drafted incorrectly and you let them go. You don't have guys going to their second and third. No, seriously, that's, that's, that's a real thing. Up, that's know, a real thing. If the forty nine, guess what? If you didn't have to pay Fred Warner, if you were wrong about Fred Warner. If you were wrong about Kittle, if you if you, you know what I'm saying, we can keep going down the that's list. That's a real, that's a real thing. That's a real thing. Yeah. If you if you were, if you were wrong about Trent Williams when you sign him, he'd be gone. You wouldn't he wouldn't be the highest paid. Talent. You got Debo. You got Bosa coming up. You got Debo, and you got if you were wrong, then cap is not an issue. You have plenty. You're like you can pay a wide receiver thirty million dollars like Miami just did. And someone was arguing with me, trying to like, like you know what? I wouldn't say that they suck when I said Miami and the Jets suck. I wouldn't say that they suck. They won seven games in a row, and I said that was right after losing seven in a row. I'm like, come on, come on. So what's what's your what's your mindset? So so five hundred is great for you? No, five hundred sucks. 
And that's 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 what they are. And it, and that's that's in a good year for them for a long, long time. So and that's the same with the Jets. So if you're looking at it, free agency and making a splash, you make this big splash and go after all of these guys and bring in all these names when you have been horrible with drafting and your free agent selection in the past. The 49ers are in that situation. So I don't think it's complacent. Yes, they need to upgrade because they're not good enough. Obviously, they're not good enough because you can't go through this like if everything falls into place. We've said it. You, you, you need to get better offensive line. You need to get better at the running back position. But maybe, again, Mitchell, maybe you found that guy. That's, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. You saw flashes. Maybe you already have these guys. I think you still need to get a number one receiver, but maybe that's Ayu. Maybe he is that guy. Yes, I like Debo. You, I, I like Debo. I, I get all of this, but I still – Debo is that – that he's just a player. He's that gadget guy that's going to do a lot of things for him, and, and we'll see where that ends up. But, I mean, I was kind of looking for the receiver. By number one, I mean, who, who's the Devontae Adams? Who's, who's the – who, who's the Larry Fitzgerald, the guy that you can line up and it doesn't matter who's quarterback and he can beat this guy one-on-one and get the ball? Who's that guy? That's that's what I'm talking about. Who Who's your Cooper Cup? That it doesn't matter what defense you run, he's going to get open. And that's, that's what I'm talking about. A guy that you don't have to scheme open. A guy that you can just line up and just say, beat this, get open, make a play. That's that. So I'm hoping B.A. can become that guy. To where you know Debo is great, he's really great. But Debo Debo's work is done within five yards. Most of his damage is done within five yards of the line of scrimmage. You're handing him the ball off, and you're throwing the screens. But I'm saying, saying down the field, who can work it when you need that? Since you got a big arm guy, so that's that's where I'm looking at the team going. You know, we'll get into coaching and all of that at a later date because you know my thoughts on that. I say at some point I'll say it to the world, but not yet. You're smiling. We don't need to get in. That's a whole different podcast. That's a whole different podcast. So because we'll we'll look at that and just see because coaching comes to play. Also, because it comes to play, and then we're going to see more so than the players leaving, the coaches' losses. So that's that's you know running the system and and how how things are going to be in the development of the players. Do you have that in the building still? So all of these things we got to look at. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health.
He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. So last week, you're just talking about Miami. Uh, I was remiss not to bring up uh, our guy Radio Raheem, who uh, uh -huh. who's down uh -huh. there now. Um, yeah, with, with Mike McDaniel. Uh, obviously, everybody's remember from the NFC Championship game. I, I I was a huge fan of this guy while he was in the colors. Uh, mm -hmm. He, you know, health just yeah went on his side. Um, you know, ho hopefully, yeah, like hopefully that that changes he, that changes you know for him when he when he gets down south. But uh, I mean, I, what, what do you think? I mean, we this isn't necessarily a surprise, right? I mean, you got Elijah Mitchell. You you pretty much assume pretty much assume that. Um, even before Elijah, like it, it pretty much was assumed that after last season, that, that was going to be it. For well, they weren't going to build. I've been saying that. Yeah, I I told you going into last season that was a mistake. You can't build your offense around a guy who is hurt all the time. You just can't because every everyone's looked at his high end. Yes, I know, and that's what you that's what you get so caught up on his high end. But I'm. I'm I get you a fourth of the season. So if I'm only getting you a third or a fourth of the season, that high end doesn't really matter. Because it's like, I don't know which eighth of the season, which fourth of the season, third, I'm going get, to get you. Um, what I do know is that you're never going to be there full time. Your history tells me you're never going to be there full time. You know, so I'm, I, that's what I'm looking at your career. So it's hard to build around that. Now, McDaniel, you know the guy. So I'm, I wish him well. And when he was healthy, when he was playing, yes, he added an element to this offense that we've always said. Kyle, he, he showed that Kyle needs speed. Yeah. It's a completely different offense. Absolutely. And and, and, and that's, that's kind of – Yes, it's a 30-point-a-game offense when you have that speed back there. It's crazy yeah. how, it, how it functions. But – he can't do it. Yeah, and, and Elijah Elijah Mitchell brings that dynamic, but not as not not as dynamic as Mostert in, in that sense, just from a speed standpoint. Um, like most like Mostert is like fast, fast. Like and, and Trent Williams talked about this. He was on the I forget what pod he was on. I think he's on the I am Akron pod. He's he's I mean he's he's one of the fastest dudes in the league, straight line. I mean yeah. it, it's incredible. Um, but. It's like, a, but I've also told you that. What? Remember, I told you the whole Pete Carroll thing when he used to come in and, and he would give us. He, Pete would always give you all the guys' stats and their and their and their pro day stats and and all this stuff. He was like, okay, I know at the combine he ran this, but we worked him out. That guy was a four three guy. And you know, we worked this guy like he. I'm telling you, he ran a four three one on the grass and all this stuff. And we would sit there. I remember Tim McDonald and I would sit there and look at it like Pete. You do realize. So he's a four three, and he ain't all pro. He ain't starting. He can't catch. Mm. He must not be able to run routes. Something's wrong. That part. I'm not, you keep worrying. I'm not worried about him. You telling me this guy's damn near four two, and he he we don't know who he is. So the same. With, this is the thing. You watch. Bless you. You watch Raheem play, and you see. Less can you Thank see you. how dynamic he is? There's a reason why his career was special teams. It's it's to your point. It's 
the combine comes and people just lose their mind over 40 times, but you look at like the top guys, like the top 40 times run at the combine and none of those guys are dudes, right? Um, today's word of the day, scenario, right? And we're going to go back to this scenario. So, I mean, we, we, you, you said it, you know, I, you, you tweeted me, you know, I, I must've thought it was the hits to the head that they'd had you thinking this was the big setup for Jimmy to return. So Jimmy returns, Jimmy's there in training camp. He's there in preseason. Hell, he's there week one and week two. What does it look like? It won't look any different than it looked before. Um, you're gonna have one of the guys, it, actually it's gonna look exactly like it looked last season. The only difference is Trey will be starting, Jimmy will be on, on the, um, the sideline um, and all of all of the faithful will be going back and forth on social media saying Jimmy should be playing, Trey should be playing, Jimmy should be. Play. It's going to be the exact same thing. So that's that's all. Every every good play Trey does, it's going to be like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Every bad play, ten should be playing. The complete opposite from last year. That's what's going to happen. That's what it's going to look like. Um, guess what's going to happen if ten is gone? The same thing is going to happen. People going to be wishing he was here. It, whoever whoever the backup is, if things are going well, you're going to forget all about Jimmy or, or b- about the backup. If things aren't going well, they're going to be clamoring for the backup. If Jimmy's not here, you're going to be wishing for Jimmy if Trey doesn't play well. If Jimmy's on the sideline and Trey is playing well, you're not going to be thinking about Jimmy. Nobody's going to be thinking about Jimmy. The only talk of Jimmy is like, wow, I wonder if Trey could have done this last year. That's what's going to happen for a while. It'll happen for a while, but then what's going to happen, last year's not going to matter because if he's playing well and you get to the playoffs, guess what, Trey? doesn't matter that you weren't there last year. It matters if you win this playoff game. So all of that's going to disappear. So, again, this goes back to Trey. It's just his plan. They brought Trey in here to start. Jimmy being here or not doesn't doesn't change that. And I already, you know, we discussed this on the pod, pod after the pod, before the pod. I've told you, I thought I still think to this day one of the biggest mistakes they made in the Jim Harbaugh era was getting rid of Alex just because you were ready for Cap to play. Cap was on his rookie contract. You would have had seven million dollars in the quarterback position. That's nothing. So why, so why did they do it? Why, why did why they? Do they it? Why did they do it? Because everybody the same thing like with Jimmy. He's such a nice guy. He's done so much for the franchise. We want to move on from this guy and give him an opportunity to play. You know, he deserves to play somewhere else. Like, no, you're in the country. Well, that's what they told us. But like, what, what, do you think that was the real reason? I, I'm sure. I'm sure Alex wanted to go somewhere else and play. So they tell you that's what we want to do. But it's his, it's this guy's turn. It's this guy's turn. Now. You're going to try to get that out because you don't want there to be any animosity, especially if the guy's telling you, I want to play. You know what? It's like every other position. When I had this conversation with Daryl Pollard. Daryl Pollard reached out to me. Daryl Pollard is a guy that they drafted me to replace. And I told Daryl, I said, Daryl, you didn't. I said, Daryl, you were the starting corner back to back Super Bowls. You had just won two rings for them, but they decided that they were going to move on from you. Had nothing to do with you. No more. I told. I said it had nothing to do with me. 
I said, they decided that they wanted something different at that position, call it upgrade, whatever. I said, Daryl, you came in. I said, I didn't take your job. I said, they let you go. They cut you. I said, it wasn't anything. I said, it wasn't anything you did. I said, you literally had just, you had the, your last snaps. You won them a Super Bowl. And then they drafted me to take your position. There's nothing you can do about that. There's nothing you can say. There's no way it's going to happen. And that's all it was. And they kept Daryl around until they felt like I was ready to play. Like, okay, now you're playing no matter what. And he's gone. Same thing. Do it at the quarterback position. Why? Because it's a smart move for the team. If you're trying to win a championship, this roster as constructed fell apart when you didn't have any type of quarterback play. You got a guy, worst case scenario, Jimmy is not the guy that's going to lose game, win games for you. He's not the guy that's going to carry a team, but he does know how to win them. And I heard today on television, someone said the most overrated stat is quarterback wins. Really? Yeah, I've been hearing that a lot. I don't agree with that. Really? That's the most overrated one? I, I kind of look at the um, balls thrown that should have been caught. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, what? That You talk about overrated like stats. Like, come on. There are some of the most ridiculous stats that I'd ever seen. It was thrown in a catchable window and should have been caught and all this stuff. Like, uh, yeah, whatever. That that's but wins is an overrated stat. So you go. So that's that's how that plays out. That's what you do. Yeah, you want this guy out if he says I'm going to be an issue. It's going to be a problem. And most of the time, it's the organization thinking it's going to be an issue. Players understand. There's nothing I can do about that. Jimmy will sit there and like, look, there's going to be an opportunity for me somewhere at some point. Could be on this team, could be on that team. Jimmy's not going to be mad making 20 whatever million dollars. He's not going to be mad. And that's why I'm saying it's not going to be an issue. And Trey is going to play. Trey is the starter. He's the starter. He's going to be the starter. They, they've, they've said so. They tried to trade Jimmy away. You can't put Jimmy back in that position. You can't, you can't put Jimmy back in the starting quarterback position after you just took the keys from the franchise from him. You took them. Because then you do cripple your, 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 your incumbent. Well, he's incumbent. You cripple. Well, yeah, maybe maybe he is incumbent because you gave him the job. But you you cripple Trey if you give him the job. Now, started it this way. The only way you even remotely think about giving Trey the job, I mean giving Jimmy the job, is if Trey can't play. That's the only reason. And if that's the case, guess what? Jimmy being in the building is a very, very good thing. You're gonna be happy you had him. Yeah, I mean, there, 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 you. There, there's something to that. You talked about the whole Alex and Cap thing and, and Alex getting traded away. It happened to Alex again when he was in, when he was in KC. And so, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's that whole component um, as well in terms of the need or feeling the need to move on from the last guy, right? Um, when you just and I mean I get it. When you decide, you decide. When you decide it's the next guy, 
you can move on from it and you can go there. But the, the only the Joe Montana and Steve Young, I saw that. I saw that different levels because you're not on rookie contracts and things like that. Joe, Alex and Cap, I say you had seven million dollars in the quarterback position. There was no reason. Alex was making Alex was making seven million and I think Cap was making six hundred thousand. There is no reason to not keep that there. You have the same situation now. You have you'll have $25 million in the quarterback position. There is absolutely no reason whatsoever when that when that's a winning room for you. Both of those guys, it, it makes it one of your best rooms in, in the building. In theory, because you because your number three should be able to play. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. That's that's where I'm at. I mean that, that's why he's there because they feel like he can be he can be the number two. Absolutely. Um, you uh you mentioned something about the uh quarterback wins. Um that that just makes this whole thing even more interesting for me. You when you hear what the teammates say about 10, you know, oh, he's a winner, he's a leader, you know, we rally behind behind him, yada yada yada. Um well, obviously they can't say the same things about five because they haven't been in those battles with him. Oh, and so well. all of the, the conversations are or the adjectives I should say are about his talent, you know, guys, Superman, he can do all kinds of things. He's wowing us. He's killing us in practice. Yada, yada, yada. Remember this. He wasn't the starter. Yeah. So if you, if a microphone is put in front of you right now, if someone walks in with a microphone and a camera and they say, what do you really feel about Eric? How is ED? You're going to say all kind of pleasantries because that's just how it is. Yeah. You're not going to, you're not going to tell them about the pot after the pot when I get on your nerves. <laughs> You know, that's what they were asking. You put a mic in front of a player and you ask him about a teammate. Is he going to say anything other than, hey, the guy wins for us. The guy does this. The guy does That's what they're going to talk about. You ask him about Trey. The only thing they can talk about now is his potential because he doesn't play. When, you, you know, they'll you, you'll say, hey, he got out there. I, I heard Trent Williams say, hey, he got out there. He won a game for us when we needed to win because it's something that he can talk about. Yeah. Trey becomes the starter. They will start talking about those things in when asked about it. But you're not going to throw Jimmy under the bus and say, well, yeah, this guy's got a stronger arm. This guy's quicker. He's faster. He more, he's more athletic. You're not going to do that. Nobody does that. You, you, you just, you, you just, you just, you, you say good things about your teammates. You just, you just do <laughs> whether you like them or not. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily like a, a, a bashing, um, like, like a, like a, a bash session is, is expected, but, but I do think that it's telling the, 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 the it's telling how much these guys like ten. Um, well, he wins. I, You're I, right. They I'll, win I'll with say it. that. Yes, it, it's so, very telling, and, and this is also something that I will tell you, and I've told you before. You know how to make people like you in a locker room. Really, really like you make play make plays yeah. it's that simple so they'll really like trey they're really like Trey. we really like joe we really really like joe and steve took over and we didn't like steve as much because he wasn't joe guess what we really really grew to like steve <laughs> <laughs> As always, we want to continue to encourage you to download, subscribe, rate, and review. We're located wherever you find your podcast. If there's a like or follow button on your particular podcast subscription service, hit that like or follow button. Get involved in the conversation. 
On Twitter, I'm at Arhaylock. He is at underscore Eric Davis underscore. And on Instagram, I'm at Watch Ray Ray. He is at Eric Davis underscore 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 underscore. That's four of them. So, for my partner, Super Bowl champion Eric Davis, I'm Rashawn Haylock. This has been the Believe in 49ers podcast on Believe. We'll see y'all next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.